Today's episode of the Not That Great Podcast can be found wherever you find your podcasts. We all know the services. Look where you find podcasts, all right? Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We are an Anchor Podcast, so look us up on Anchor. Subscribe, please subscribe. Shoot us an email, notthatgreatpod at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at Not That Great. Um, last night, episodes five and six of The Last Dance. This is the third in our series of recap uh, pods about the Jordan 97-98 Bulls documentary. We we started today, we thought it was just going to be me and Alex Brown. Matt Fox and Logan Eater wanted to listen in, so we let them listen in for a little while. And then they had questions, so we let them ask, and it got into a, uh, some places where we didn't think it was going to go. Uh, I compared Michael Jordan to O.J. Simpson. That wasn't something I expected to do until I did it. Um, we, uh, it was, it, I... I don't want to be hyperbolic, but this is one of our best uh, of all time. So settle in. It's about an hour. I, I aimed for 35 minutes. It was clear it wasn't going to be contained to that amount of time. Um, but, you know, the the subject matter from last night, if you're following uh, the series, started to take this kind of, you know, I don't want to say darker, but it was definitely, uh, you know, a more intense, more serious tone. Even as the 97-98 Bulls are, you know, continuing this dominating year, uh, the last of their three-peat, uh, there are stressors uh, off-camera, uh, not a lot is off-camera, but there are stressors, you know, behind the scenes that we've never seen before, we just started getting to see, that uh, really start to tinge uh, the narrative that we get to see. So, uh, we dove way all up in that. Uh, so, me and Alex Brown... Little uh, contributions from Matty Fox and from uh, Logan Nieder. Uh, we did not edit this at all. This is completely uh, off the cuff. Matt is on his patio in the Cape. Uh, Logan out running errands. He was on. He dialed into our Zoom on the phone and just wanted to listen to me and Alex talk about it. And really, we're just kind of sitting here in Alex's uh, aura because the kid is fucking phenomenal uh, talking about any you know, stripe of basketball stuff. So, uh, and they got to chime in and, you know, we sometimes refer to Foxy getting hammered because that's all Foxy does right now, but that's all we all do right now. Right. Is that right? I say so. Um, so again, settle in a phenomenal episode this week and I hate to kiss my own ass, but I am that flexible. So I'm going to do it. Uh, so episodes five and six of the last dance recap with, uh, the <laughs> heft of the not that great roster of talent. Um, listen for us later this week too. We're going to be recording some other stuff later this week. Um, still doing the not that great, not that great versus the internet stuff. Uh, we're probably going to tackle a, a bracket of cereals next because we're trying to take some shit not so serious. And then we're probably going to also do uh, the Ringer had a, a bracket of reality TV show characters, which was quite interesting and up for what could potentially be a lively debate. So that might come into the fold. And then we're going to keep it up with um, Last Dance as we only have four more episodes, two more Sundays of that, uh, and then some sports start to come back, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, last thing, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention, we just found out this morning that um, Don Shula passed away, um, and obviously, you know, in this kind of slower uh, news cycle, not that his death would be buried by anything, 
even if the news cycle of sports was still at full bore, um, it deserves mentioning on any entity that handles sports. Uh, one of the greatest leaders and coaches of all time, uh, and you know, obviously someone that Belichick is chasing as far as wins and, um, but just had to mention that we did not talk about it during, uh, the recording, but it should be mentioned. So, uh, and you know, thoughts and prayers to his family and, uh, to the Dolphins family. I'm not going to no. you know what, not to the Dolphins family, but you know, you gotta, you gotta hold the line somewhere, but obviously a legend of the game, uh, that deserves, uh, all the credit that he's ever earned and that all that we can give him. So, uh, rest in peace to Don Shula. Uh, and now let's talk some basketball moose and Desi in the house for this. Not that great. Let's go. Make it a double. I can take it another. Get so hard to chase it. Live up to. Yeah, it slides away when you're running. Like my Uncle David, who never lived to escape it. The trouble you were about to cave in. Give up to talking in your basement. Audio problems that we've plagued the show. The only the only one of us that's been on every show is audio problems. <laughs> so, I mean, audio, sometimes audio problems pulls double duty. Um, yeah. Hard worker that audio problem. Indeed. So, all fun and games for us, but uh, in rev- in watching episodes five and six of the Last Dance, the first um, the, the the first like. Eight minutes are just, hey, remember, remember Kobe Bryant? <laughs> well, so a lot of people were saying that that was, you know, somewhat forced and that they were just kind of doing it not as like tragedy porn, but something along those lines. And actually, the only thing that they changed in the editing for that section yeah. was the, you know, the dedication to Kobe. Um, So all of those interviews happened, I want to say, either June or July of last year. And one of the scary things is, is that they finished editing like that episode, like a day before the helicopter accident. So there is something like kind of weirdly eerie watching Kobe talk about, you know, like his relationship with MJ and everything. Um, Right. So two two things. First thing, um, not Kobe related, is that um, Logan Nieder and Matt Fox are currently listening in and maybe brought in at a later time to say hello and give opinion. Secondly, um, I don't think that it was uh, tragedy porn at all. I just like it kicked off the. Me neither. Me neither. Right. No. It's. I mean, it, and everyone knows that. Kobe is nothing without Jordan. And I, it, it was he weird. He said so himself. Right. And it was weird that that needed to be confirmed by him. I'm like, who are you watching play basketball? Obviously, the dude is completely fueled by having watched every second of Jordan basketball from, you know, 1982. Oh, yeah. He retired. Yeah. So, um, but it just, when I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, we're going to kick off. This episode is not going to come up. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, it was... Yeah, the both episodes were 
it was it was dark times. And even they're winning on the surface. They wind up finishing that season 62 and 18 or something ridiculous. Um, but you know, Jordan in the hotel room with the cigar, uh, clearly contemplating uh, how much he hates leaving that hotel room. Um, there's finally the introduction, uh, pretty about his, uh, pretty heavily about his gambling. Uh, and it was, I mean, just the Kobe stuff just set a tone for these being kind of the low moments of, you know, despite the success uh, on on all outward appearances, these these being like the lower moments of of this run. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess it does kind of set that up in a in in a way. Um, but there's also some lighthearted moments about that whole Kobe situation. Like they, um, they have the all-star game in Madison square garden. It's Kobe's very first one He's the youngest all-star ever. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you just hear Jordan go that little Laker boy going to turn this into a one-on-one and he's not saying like, he's going to try and do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Because he realized like what kind of like a, like a different cat this Kobe Bryant kid was, oh, which yeah. I thought was, I thought that was pretty cool. And I kind of chuckled a little bit at that. I mean, it was, it reminded me of um, when Bird in earlier episodes talks about uh, Michael, that now it's like passed out. And it's also weird to yeah. see that, like by then Bird is coaching and Magic is, is on the sidelines for working for NBC and blah, blah. So like that era has kind of passed by, but it hasn't hasn't passed Jordan, obviously. Um, but it it was kind of the same torch passing ish type of uh, yeah type oh, of yeah. sentiment, right? And he was yep. like, he's going to the try wheel to turn. keeps turning. Exactly, yeah, dude. Obviously, I'm not going to be here forever, but he knew. Jordan clearly knew, like this dude. I'm about to pass the game to him for a while. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then proceeds to just absolutely drub him for, <laughs> 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 like, you know what I mean? The other thing too, that, uh, and I've got a couple things that just, I just noticed last night that stick out the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll go two things. I'll speak first on behalf of uh, Steve Brennan, who I was texting with last night, who was like, basically said that if you watched, let's say that you knew nothing about basketball, right? He didn't really say this. I'm going to like elaborate a little bit, but. Let's say you knew nothing about basketball and you watched <laughs> episodes five and six and actually three, four, five, and six of this documentary. You would think that basketball was UFC because no one, no one, no easy layups. The Knicks famously had a no easy layups rule uh, against the Pacers, which is basically the whole um, basis of the uh, Reggie Miller documentary, the 30 for 30. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's just so rough. It's such, it was such a physical. It was game, violent. Man. Yeah, it was that man. that like that and acceptedly 80s... so. It was accepted. That is how the game is played. That was how the game was played. Yeah. yeah. Um, now everyone is a vagina. <laughs> well, I mean, so I don't want to get too much into to basketball nerdiness and away from the documentary yeah, itself. Do your thing. Let's go. Okay, so um, basically. Basketball was invented to be a non-contact sport. That was one of like the criteria for when the game was invented. It was basically made to be a sport that young men could play indoors when the weather was terrible. 
um, and it couldn't be impact because you were going to be playing on hardwood floors indoor. So that kind of gets changed um, as the years progress. Fouling, physicality, dirty plays, they kind of run rampant, the most of which is in the 80s and 90s. Um, that leads to kind of, you know, a, a complete shift in the other direction, getting rid of a lot of the hard fouls, giving more calls to um, the offensive player, getting rid of hand checking. And I, I don't want to see basketball played in the violent way that it was. Um, I think it has gotten way too out of control on the other end of the spectrum where James Harden can travel and then jump into someone and shoot a three and it's yeah. a foul four point play or whatever. That's it's not, I, I honestly think you could bring back hand checking the way that this modern style is being played. And that would like balanced it out. Yeah. Kind of way. Um, again, not doing a Bill Ambeer and just clotheslining someone, yeah, but yeah, yeah. being, being able to have, some sort of contact yeah you're not leading not leading with the point of your elbow yeah exactly like, uh, so um, that's just a little quick quick thing so yeah. i don't think i don't think that the modern nba is you know as you <laughs> so delicately put it vaginas but <laughs> they're I mean, taking advantage of what they're being given you know that's not that's every, not an insult every, to vaginas by the way vaginas are delicate creatures that's what i meant by that <laughs> okay so that's number one uh, the second, first of all, actually to back that up, one of the things that C. Brennan texted me, it directly says, I missed the hand check. Yeah. Hey, there you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, the second thing, and I'll try to think of more things. So two is not the end of the list, but um, Barkley, Magic, Isaiah, um, Larry, right? All these guys are considered the absolute, you know, cream of the crop, 80s, 90s basketball, early 2000s is a little bit from Mike, but, um, and Mike just, he made them look like fools. And so there's like, there's no 1A, 1B, 1C, there's no 1, 2, 3. There's like Michael Jordan was in his is, own class, is, is 1 through 10, and everyone else starts at 20. <laughs> like, and Charles Barkley was like, you know, I'll tell you what, man, like I, like he says, like, I was not going to let him blah, blah, blah. And that worked for him for one game. One game. Yep. Yeah. And, it, and again, Charles MVP that year. Right. Like, and I'll, and then fuck fucking petty Michael Jordan too. Like a little bit of that starts to creep up um, where he's like, yeah, I was just pissed that he got the MVP. So I was like really upset. So I just decided that we we're going to win our third championship in a row. Like, Oh, but he always he always did that. He always gave himself challenges, and right, he always yes. created slights in his brain. You know, like what what um like what MJ did to Clyde Drexler in the the '92 Finals. Like Yo. basically, the media was trying to create this rivalry between the two of them, as if it was like a bird magic oh, that sort of not, thing. That wasn't. And that and not. Michael Jordan was like, "Oh, you think this dude is as good as me? Okay." And then he ends up getting five three pointers in the first half. Does his famous shrug? The series goes six games, but it was never that. It close. was never close. Who, never that um, close. If you could elaborate on this, because you're kind of the the basketball historian of the podcast, was there a serious groundswell of people that thought 
that Clyde Drexler was as good as Michael Jordan? I mean, I wouldn't say groundswell, but there was definitely people in the media who were trying trying to make it so because it was better copy and it made it made it more intriguing if there right. was this like foil well, it's, and it's also the blazers. They're, they're, it's both blazers and otherwise the series is going to be a blowout probably right they probably just thought it's going to be and a there's yeah there's also a connection because because of clyde drexler portland does not end up drafting michael jordan they draft sam Bowie. right that didn't work out so well but it was basically like well they're they play the same position they're basically the same player like Clyde is just as good as this guy yeah. so there was that aspect of it that connection but then there was all I mean Clyde had a hell of a career and really especially at that point in in the early 90s was playing out of his mind you know he had and even in in this series where for the most part Jordan put him on an island he did have at least one game I think where he scored 30 points like Clyde the Glide was he was a solid baller, but I mean, again, it was Jordan was just in his own, his own tier, his own classification, a different species almost. Was Clyde Drexler balding at age nineteen? Like he, like oh, he was bald. He was going bald in college. He had that like bald afro say, look when he was in college. Yeah, like, when he was uh, on uh, five slam and jam, yeah, because he looked old, and then it doesn't help that. Oh yeah, run them all over the court, but he just always kind of has that look, I guess. Yeah, Clyde looks like he was thirty six from the jump. Yeah, so he has uh, Jeff Magid syndrome. Um, <laughs> shout out, shout out to our buddy Jeff Magid. Um, but yeah, so mostly for me, when I you know my takeaway for the whole night was kind of like this is it's it's darker times, and you know, or and I, I guess the, the the pattern has been you know they release the episode. People talk about it for a couple of days and then on like Wednesday, Thursday, you find out, or maybe even as soon as Tuesday, you find out like, all right, the next two episodes are this. And I haven't seen a preview for next week's, but we're right on the precipice of his dad dying. Yeah. Leaving to play baseball. Cause like, you know, that in the flashback, it's very similar to, uh, it, the, the, the timeline, honestly, this is a weird thing, but only cause I've been rewatching it, but the timeline feels a lot like lost. It's like we're in this world now. <laughs> non nonlinear exactly. Nonlinear yes. storytelling. Like 97, 98. But for a hot second, we're gonna bounce you back. Exactly. Dude, first of all, all right. Matt Fox, I can see in the video who's listening in, I can see him mimicking me. What am I he's like he's like the uh, the sign language guy for a uh, for a coronavirus uh, post conference. <laughs> God. Um anyways, so so yeah, they move interpreter back. for the hearing impaired. Yeah, exactly. Thank <laughs> God he's here. Um, from live from the Cape, Matt Fox. So we're gonna have to bring him in for a few minutes later. So, um, so we we bounce back and forth through these. You know, they're not alternate timelines. They're obviously the same timeline. But like, you know, you're like, all right, cool. We're about to dive into this 98 shit, and then let's snap back to 92. Let's snap back to the pressure that Jordan was under uh, to go for a three peat to like make himself you know, start to build that tier that he's so far by everybody. Yeah. Let's also hear potentially, and unless I missed an edit, him potentially begin to talk about walking away from the game. Mm-hmm. In 92, 93. Is that, am I, am, am I right? No, 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 no. He's, he definitely does talk about that. And there, yeah. there's Early. different inter- interviews and stuff that I've heard about it because he was just exhausted. Like you were talking about him dreading leaving the hotel room mm. and how, how he was just, I mean, you're the most famous person in the world. 
Yes. You know, world, even, yes. even as an athlete, like if you're so famous that other famous people are like clamoring just to be near you. Yeah. Like Jerry Seinfeld, who was the biggest TV star on earth at the time and was yes. world famous yeah. was basically just like kicked out. That was kind of a funny scene, by the way, Jerry Seinfeld, just looking at the play chart, yeah. just going, that's that not going to work by the way. <laughs> No, actually, like that. I, thought, I thought that was fantastic. Lauren, um, hates, Lauren hates Jerry Seinfeld, and when he did that, she cackled out loud. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone wants but, a piece of you. You're right. It was just but, and 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 it must insane. be. So I I know we we've um, <laughs> what's it like being on all of the time? Yeah. You know, like where you have to be the spokesman all of the time you have yeah. microphones in your face all of the time yeah. you have people asking you for autographs asking for this you, the only moments of peace that you have are alone in your hotel room or gambling with your security staff member who has the most bizarre hairstyle i've ever seen in my entire life true but here's the thing about those two is like <laughs> still not alone we see video of it so when he, even when he's off he's on oh yeah you know what I mean? It's just, he, yeah. he, he and that's gotta be exhausting. That's gotta be absolutely exhausting. And at one is, point yeah. do you just snap? Yeah. Yeah. It's I wild, mean, man. you know, like that's, I, I can't blame anybody for, for going and taking a time out. Right. Right. So I don't know if you saw a preview or something, you can enlighten me, uh, but for what the next two episodes are, but I would, I mean, it's it's got to be, you know, we're, we ended last night a week away from the start of the playoffs of, of the 90, 98 uh, summer, you know, eight months of NBA playoffs because that's how they did it then. That's how they do it now. Well, we had two less games back then, but because the first series was a best of five. But um, the next, you know, when we flash back, you know, we do that lost time travel, it's going to be the him leaving to play baseball. Yep. And and if he thought he was getting away from Cheers Matt Fox, if he thought he was getting away from um from the press and the scrutiny then, I mean what like just because, you know, where did he play? Uh Birmingham. Uh, don't tell me. Birmingham, yeah, I was gonna say Binghamton, Birmingham for Terry Francona. Um if he, yeah, was, I know. If he thought he was getting away from it from from shit then, like what that that makes me and i'm and i'm not a conspiracy theorist but it makes me believe the theory that i believed ever since i heard it which is that his father was killed because of his gambling debt and clearly these guys are not shying away from that possibility what do you say um so i i'm not an investigative reporter no none of us are um the gambling issues, like, I, I've heard people say that the whole retirement thing was actually just, like, a deal reached between him and Stern where it was like, listen, we don't want to suspend you publicly because it would be, tarnish the NBA and you're the face of the, the, the association and everything like that. the game on earth. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, I have also heard that the theory that you had just said 
So yeah. the gambling issues. Yes. They take an L in a series against the Knicks. <clears throat> and him and his dad say, fuck it, let's go play cards. They go to Atlantic City. It says that he's there until 2.33 in the morning. He said he was only there until about midnight. 1 a.m., yeah. And it turns into this whole thing. But that particular trip to AC was not his first gambling-related story. Right. So Jordan <clears throat> skipped the White House visit after the 91 yeah. finals. Yeah. So he could gamble with golf hustler Slim Bowler. Slim Bowler. There is a man who is a golf hustler named Slim, Slim Bowler. Bowler. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, excerpt <laughs> from the Chicago Tribune, written by Matt O'Connor in 1992. James Slim Bowler, the golf hustler who beat Michael Jordan out of 57 grand in one three-day weekend last October, was convicted of money laundering, but acquitted of more serious drug conspiracy charges by a federal jury Friday night. Mm. After the money laundering conviction, which defense attorney James Wyatt said he would appeal, Wyatt agreed that Bowler must turn over the government the $194,730 at issue if he has that much in assets. Fuck. That likely means Bowler will never see the $57,000 check from Jordan. It is already in the government's possession. So if you Google search this fucking a golf hustler named Slim Bowler, yeah. um, it begs the question, how did this guy get close to Michael Jordan? He was the most famous athlete in the world at this point. Security all around him nearly at all times. The most famous and wealthy people on earth want to be around him and are often denied any real access to him. But this fucking guy with multiple convictions for distributing a certain white powdery substance, money laundering, weapons charges, fraud, spends a three-day weekend with Michael freaking Jordan taking his money on a golf course. How in the world does that happen? How? And in I mean, 1993, Bowler was sentenced to nine years in prison. Now, they say that Michael had a gambling problem. Michael Jordan is worth $1.9 billion. You can't really have a gambling problem when you are that wealthy. Allen Iverson has a gambling problem. Allen Iverson lost $1 million in one night in Atlantic City. He is also banned from all of the casinos in Atlantic City and Detroit. That's a gambling problem. However, if he is associating with people who are convicted of certain white powdery substance, money laundering, weapons charges, fraud, having a drug dealer's car in your name so that the drug dealer doesn't need to have his name on the car, very much in uh, Avon Barksdale and the wire kind of situation, that clearly means that there is something, I don't want to use the word dubious, but he's hanging out with some shady fucking characters because that's he only allows people into his circle that he wants to have there. Like he allows it to happen. So okay. I don't think that it is entirely and totally unfounded that people put that together, okay. that his gambling debts may have killed someone, his father in particular. I'm going to challenge you slightly on this. And, I, and I, we got to the same conclusion, but I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you. I'm not saying necessarily that that was, but it, right. It, it definitely, it raises the question. It begs the question for sure. Yes. So 
I am inclined to believe him when he says that he doesn't have a gambling problem, but I do argue with the definition of the gambling problem being enough simply to cripple you financially. I mean, if he's got the money, he's got the money fine, but he might just be losing all the time. Right. Yeah. And I, so I'm willing to let his explanation of he's addicted to competition kind of creep in to the explanation for why he gambled so much. And that, you know, times that are, you know, legitimately kind of weird. Um, in addition to people who would give him a semblance of stakes that he feels are worthy, and I'm, I, I understand that would take me to, it would take me a leap for me to ignore the pitch and quarters game with the security guards to make this point, but stakes that are worthy that he feels when it's over uh he has won something that is worthwhile does that make sense um yes but i'll disagree with you on that one so i'm not necessarily that the saying that the um not necessarily that the gambling is what caused it but when you invite that particular breed of character into your war into your world it opens up some pretty shady doors oh yeah that's more that's more what i was saying as opposed to like him not being able to pay off gambling debts or something because he obviously could i mean if he can just willy-nilly write a fifty-seven thousand dollar check to a known criminal whatever but also as far as so (laughs) there is a story you were talking about the the stakes right right there is a story of him, um, and this was actually told by the guy who directed the documentary. This is in like the first days of them kind of getting to know each other, feeling it out. Uh, Jordan's already agreed to do the project. And they are in New York and they're going from a hotel to Madison Square Garden. And Jordan looks to the dude, I can't, I can't even remember his name now, even though I've heard it like 7,000 times. Um, he looks at him and he goes, I bet you that we see 10 p- people wearing 10 pairs of Jordans on our way from, you know, hotel to the arena, to yeah. the garden. And no money at stake, just gentleman's bet. No money. So the guy's saying to himself, and he's like, well, you know, if we only see like a couple by the time we hit the FDR, then we'll, we'll probably be fine. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do the bet. <laughs> so <clears throat> they only see about three pairs of, of Jordans being worn on the, in the you know, public, on the sidewalk, whatever, from the hotel to the FDR. And he's like, okay, cool, I got this, I got this. They arrive at Madison Square Garden and it's a Jordan brand all-star event happening. So every single person there <laughs> is wearing Jordan shoes. And he just looks at Jordan just looks at the guy, the director, and just like gives him a wink and walks out of the fucking limo. <laughs> so like if you're willing to just do that sort of shit, he doesn't care. Mm. He's he's gonna be confined in a small place for a period of time. He's gonna need so like he needs that. He needs that. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Which, I mean, is kind of puzzling why he's been such an awful basketball franchise owner. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, if you're if you're running a shitty team, there's no stakes. You're just gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, I uh, guess. Um, we get we can get out of that because I'm sure we're gonna get a little bit more into this next. Oh, that'll be coming. Next episode. It's gonna oh, be yeah. all we talk about. And um, and we I think I said on our first recap episode that I did watch Jordan rides the bus, um, as a predecessor to the first two episodes. Uh, just getting my getting my Jordan you know, muscles flex. Um, so that's, and I, I guarantee you the next two episodes are just that over again. So um, we're going to move to something a little more positive and it was, it is at the prodding of Matt Fox, who I will bring in shortly. So we can act like he didn't, oh, he's, he says no, no thanks. All right. So I won't bring him in. We don't need to. He's wearing a terrible <laughs> shirt, by the way. So, um, so we will yeah, he agrees. So the footage uh, and this is the, the like the high point of the um, of the doc for me last night was the footage of the greatest basketball game ever played, and we you've seen it before, but you've only I feel like you've only seen this kind of like grainy way, like all this like kind of leaked footage, and it's not like there was tons of cell phone cameras bopping around back then, right? So someone had a handy cam back then, and blah, blah blah. These guys have, I mean, they basically have game film. And they have audio. Oh, the, the practice, the greatest practice of all time. That's what but you're talking yes, about? Yes, but it's, it's called the greatest basketball game ever played because it is. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's they base, they're basically NFL films. These guys are there the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like motherfuckers are mic'd. They have subtitles for the, for the trash talk, but I'm like, yeah, I don't need those subtitles. I can hear Jordan screaming at Barkley a hundred miles away. Yep. And it's, 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 and then the story after they get on the bus and someone has to, like, break the ice because everyone's still so fucking tense from, like, how, like, dudes thought, like, there was a gold medal on the line in that game. Yeah. <laughs> and, then they, and then, oh, shit. And then we go straight back down the rabbit hole a little bit into, like, depressing land where they're like, dude, first game's against Croatia. That's Tony Kuchkoc. Tony Kuchkoc is a second-round pick, which is the equivalent of an eighth-round pick in the NFL. Uh, and we're just gonna we're just gonna sun him just because Jerry Krause likes him. Yeah, Jerry liked him, so that was enough. And ugh, brutal. That 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 whole thing was so. One of the things that a lot of people were talking about how Michael Jordan might look bad or something like that. I feel like mm. Scottie Pippen ends up looking the fucking worst out of this entire group. Like he just looks like King Petty. I think that he looks like that he bad. goes he he shits all over Tony Kukoc, which whatever, fair game. Yeah. But then afterwards in the interview saying the dude doesn't even belong in the NBA, when Tony Kukoc was a hell of a fucking basketball player. He was, man. And he would have been even better in modern day basketball, I think, because he would, would have been an incredible stretch five on just about any team. Um, I yeah. I, I uh, Scotty, Scotty just looks bad in this to me, man. I Scotty think looks worse than anybody else, I think. So here's the thing. I think that Scotty looks bad primarily because – this is going to sound really weird when I first start talking about it. He looks bad because he's not emotive. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he, when, he, so you're talking about the, the current day Scotty Pippen doing yes, his interviews? Yes, he's, he's like – he's very still. 
his voice is like super uh, evil villain deep. And he's just like, <laughs> you know, when you see, when you see Mike talk, he's like, he's like moving his arms. He's like, dude, I, you know, like he's like, he's involved emotionally. But Scotty seems like he, like, Scotty seems like he's been, since he retired, he's been an assassin. Um, I mean, I don't know about that. I feel like that, that's just, you know, Scotty's in his 50s and he was never really the most, you know, demonstrative person. He's, but um, it makes it seem so much more serious. He's just like, yeah, I didn't care what they thought. Yeah, I mean, like he's yeah, like, I, yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't, and that that doesn't make him look great. But it's more no. so the it's more so the actions. It's screaming things at Jerry Krause on the bus. It's you know Yo. shitting on Tony Kukoc to the press. It's you know, and you talked about when Jordan Jordan was uh, playing baseball. There's a very famous situation where Scotty refuses to go into the game because the final play is being drawn up for Tony. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and they had the play drawn up with Scotty inbounding the ball. And he was like, absolutely fucking not. Mm. Sits on the bench, which is, you know, that's petulant child shit, you know? Yeah. And he, he seems to just kind of have a, a, of a history of that. Now, I'm not saying he is a bad guy, but he, he looks petty, fam. I'm just saying. I mean, there's – and now that you mention it, I think that there's – with when, especially when you go back and talk to – when you talk – we've got now everybody on this team has been basically – the 97-98 team has basically been brought up or interviewed, right? We've seen them all on camera. Yep. Um, the word petty – about this year can be applied to Jordan and Pippen, but it can't really fairly be applied to almost anyone else. Is that fair to say? Yes. And, but, it, it, but it's almost because no, no one, no, none of them were talented enough to be exactly. Petty. Everyone else is just like, dude, I was just lucky to be there. Tony Kukoc is a yeah. three-time NBA champion. Okay. Yep. And now it's fair to say that, and actually, Michael's so good, it may not be fair to say this, but do they win those three without Tony Kukoc? I mean, with with a body in that spot, maybe Mike is able to, and probably Mike is able to step up and take care of yeah, that. Yeah, but Tony, Tony had some – Tony's He had Tony's some nice. big moments and big minutes for them. Yes, he did. So I mean, pr- probably could they still have won? I mean – Probably. Probably. That's about as strong you know. as it can be. Probably. But Tony was solid as hell, man. No, I agree he, with that. Yeah. And so, so, but yeah, there, and the term King Petty is, is appropriate, but it's, it's shared. There's yeah. two Kings, there's two Kings Petty. And it's, you say it the way you say attorneys general, it's Kings Petty and it's Jordan. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's Jordan and it's Pippen. All right. So uh, I guess we got one more thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to say one more thing that we can talk about. And then I'll bring in Logan and he can say, if he wants, if he said, notice anything we missed, uh, we're still leaving Foxy off because I've seen how much whiskey he's drank. Um, <laughs> so the, um, shit, I just lost it. What was it? Oh, uh, oh, two things actually. So the first one is we are going to continue this theme of Jerry Krause is terrible. And I saw a tweet. 
uh, from one of the ringer guys. I want to say it was Shea Serrano, but I'm not sure. But it was like a fake quote uh, from quote unquote Michael that said, <laughs> Jerry Krause said he likes blue, so I'm never looking at the sky again or something like that. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> so that's one. And then, um, shit, dude, did I really lose this? Fuck. I lost I it. We were talking about Tony. We're talking about, well, oh, so the, oh, the continuation of the Isaiah Thomas beef. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I, I would have brought that up. Um, the whole thing where Michael was the one who kept him out. And it's like, I think Mike Wilbon said it best. He was like, you know, half of that dream team hated him. Because they did. They hated him. And honestly, I think Magic was way more of, of the instrument of Isaiah not getting onto that team. Um, I so, agree, but I don't think Mike did himself any favors with his supposed explanation. No, I mean, I, I also don't think, I don't think that Mike was alone, you know? So really quickly, the, the dynamic between Isaiah and Magic, they used to be really close. They even famously kissed each other on the cheek at half court before a finals game. Yes, 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 yes. And it has been said in certain circles that when Magic tested positive for HIV, Isaiah said a bunch of shit and um, uh, kind of made accusations about Magic's sexual preference. Mm. Um, kind of like, well, how does a straight guy get that, you know? Um but they, they all, I mean, you know, you had Magic, who had a history with him. Bird definitely had a history yeah, with him. 100%. Michael clearly did. And then also, he just wasn't liked. He never has been. There's a reason why just he, you know, I've random people that you wouldn't even expect to just come out of nowhere and call him an asshole. Like, out of nowhere, George Carl was like, yeah, he's an asshole. And I was <laughs> like, George, George Carl, you realize you're an asshole, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got it. I got it from watching him. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, seriously, it's like he was not he was not a well-liked player and although he Jordan says it, second best point guard of all time in in his mind. Um yeah, he just he wasn't he wasn't a well-liked dude and it was partially the team uh that he played for because they were considered assholes. Yeah. But then another part of it was is that they even Chuck Daly, who was Isaiah's coach and was the coach of the national team, mm. he I, – I don't know if he said it on record, but I'm pretty sure he said if we had taken somebody from the Detroit backcourt, we probably would have gone with Dumars because he was a defensive stopper and mm. we already had Stockton and Magic yeah. as, like, these guys who are facilitators. Yeah. So – yeah, I, I, I feel like Jordan probably did have some say in him being left off that team, yeah, but I don't think sure. it was like Michael Jordan being like, I'm the greatest, and I said that he can't be on the team because fuck that little guy. So here's what – so the thing that completely destroys the explanation that Jordan gave, he goes, all right, blah, blah, blah. Someone calls him and says, hey, we're putting this team together. He says, who all's playing? And whoever is on that other line, I don't – I can't remember who it is. It, I, I don't know who it is, whatever, I don't remember. But they explained to him who's playing. He says, cool? Is that what happens? Um, I'm, not, I'm not exactly. That's what we are to believe, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's explained to him who is playing. But and he's like, yeah, fine. But that list includes Christian Leitner, and he's supposed to be okay with that? I mean, you know, uh, 
It includes Christian a college Leitner. player over any other number of pro players at the time. Yeah, Christian Leitner had had a pretty spectacular. I mean, he He's was argu- at the, he, he was, was considered like the greatest, the greatest college basketball college players, players of all time. Yes, I know, but yeah. still. And so we go, was, we're going first he, year. We're going first year with pros back. We have twelve slots for pros, and we're going to take one away. I mean, also you've got to think about need for size at the time. I mean, Isaiah Manu was a tiny Bull dude. Manute Bull was in the league. Was where was Sean Bradley? Man, Manute Bull couldn't play for the U.S. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he that. was. He was from he's the so, Sudan. He's extremely Sudanese or whatever he is. <laughs> yeah, Sudanese. Um, yeah, all right, fine. So, but yeah, but I just, I mean. <laughs> and also, you know, white people, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, white folks. <laughs> um, yeah, here we go. That's good. That's a good point. Um, also, uh, uh, Fox has reminded me about the whole, um, the logo thing, which is, again, that falls under the Oh, at Barcelona or? Dude, like, who gives a shit if it's on, like, right? Also, the jerseys are champion. Were they not? So who fucking cares? Yeah, I mean he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did, obviously. Who cares? Only and I mean, you know, the there most. there was probably I bet you anything there was some Nike executive who was like, if you cover that logo up, we'll just give you like fifty oh, more million dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's probably the like case. I He was the face of Nike. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean know. it was him and then to a somewhat lesser degree bo jackson yeah but like that was nike at the it, time it was unreal when he was like yeah i wanted to go with adidas i was like adidas ever had a, a like a serious athletic brand that didn't have to do with soccer or like um i mean i know there's been some adidas stuff i think james harden now. is adidas yeah now derrick rose yeah Not then. um but i also i i think part of that might have just been more culturally like mm. You know, they were cooler. Adidas were, Adidas were were really fucking cool at the time. Yeah, they're and they, the and kind of and the they only said that reason, Nike was mostly a track shoe at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was mostly a running shoe out of yeah. Oregon, and nobody really fucking knew about it. True. And uh, Adidas was just a little bit sexier, I guess. But it's just so funny, man. Those old school Converse commercials with Larry dude. Bird rapping, dude, <laughs> they're extremely uncomfortable. Oh, painful! Extremely uncomfortable. Painful to watch. Yeah. So, so that brings us to the end on uh, five and six. And I'm the, the the worst thing about it is that there's only four more left. That's that's what I hate right now. I'm really upset. Mm-hmm. Two more weeks of this left. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna unmute Matt Fox for like one second and see. Like, if, let's see if he has a question. Let's see Foxy. how intoxicated he is. Foxy, do you have a question for for? I'll just say, do you have a question for Al Brown? Because I'm not gonna I be do. able to answer shit. I do. Uh, I was asking in terms of uh, like the Nike camp and that whole section where like Michael Jordan is just living large and the world is at is his oyster. Suddenly, juxtapose that with the Olympics, which you guys don't think is a big deal. I think it's the biggest deal where Reebok paid millions and millions of dollars and no one could not wear that. And he fucking competitive Jordan couldn't be beaten even in like a logo game. Like to me, that was prototypical Jordan. I don't know. I'd love to get your take. You guys don't think it's a big deal, but I thought it was like, 
hyper competitive. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, hyper competitive, absolutely. Yeah, and, I'll let you go ahead with this one, Al. And a little bit of pettiness in there as well, like we touched on before. Him and Scotty both had the whole King's Petty thing. But, like, so Air Jordan, the name Air Jordan kind of changed the way we viewed athletes commercially. Um, he didn't just, he wasn't just a popular athlete um, with, uh, with a cool shoe. He ended up influencing a generation. I think Spike Lee doing those early commercials put him in a lot of different households. Um, and you guys are distracting me by continually texting on that thread. <laughs> I have to move my phone away. Um, so he, he, if you are the face of something, if these guys modeled something around you and made your kingdom, he probably felt like King Nike mm. at the time. Yeah. And he probably felt like he was sullying himself with peasants, you know, rags wearing this Reebok shit. Yeah. So there's a part of me that is like, eh, like I can see why some people would poo poo it or, um, think it's not classy or something like that but i mean at the end of the day he draped himself in the american flag right yeah he, you he know completely i'm not i'm not getting i'm not getting too worked up over that now were reebok executives probably pretty heated about it probably yeah but you know I, i'm sure they they've done just fine some yeah. of those reebok guys go ahead foxy what you got i just think it was the ultimate power play like you have all the power plays in oh, it was definitely a flex. Yeah, what you, yeah what it, was it was definitely a flex. flex. That's not disputable. But yeah. in, in my mind, it was one of his best flexes. That's oh, yeah. He could do it on the court, no, no problem. On an international <laughs> stage, the world watching. And Literally the Reebok world the watching. Yeah. yeah, he gave the, Reebok the, the middle finger. thing that he did. And yet, they were saying 12 hours before, there's no way you're covering that up. And he found the most patriotic way to be like, fuck you. Oh, yeah. 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 No one was. No, no one it's was awesome. Gonna. If I could flex my muscles like that, like it would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing you're wearing a shirt with your own name on it, so you're probably yeah. that's like the that's as flexy as you get, yeah. right there, buddy. All right, so let's do uh just to be fair for equal time rules, let's bring in Logan. I don't know if Logan is actually even still listening. Logan, you there, bud? Oh yeah. Oh, what do you got? You got any questions for our NBA expert, Alex Brown? <laughs> 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 also, so to, to be me, fair, uh, Logan Logan was negative four years old when this actually occurred, so you might have legitimate <laughs> questions for discovery of knowledge. So. <laughs> no, I uh, no, I don't. I don't necessarily have any questions. I just kind of wanted to to touch a little bit more on on uh, and Al, you kind of drove the point home that I had was that if you if you're Michael Jordan and you are, you know, you've, you've built this brand of Air Jordan partnered with Nike, like that, you're, <laughs> how does it make you look as, as a potential executive? Say, say you're an executive for, for brown shoes. And then <laughs> Camille comes in and he's like, hey, no, um, you got to wear, you got to wear McMullen shoes on the biggest stage of them all that the world is watching because I paid millions of dollars for you to wear that logo. 
as an executive for brown shoes, how would you feel being forced to to have to wear McMullen shoes? Like there there's just like it, it was the ultimate power play for him to for him to wear it but not wear it. And I think it was business-wise, I don't think that anybody really would have given a shit about seeing Michael Jordan wearing the Reebok logo other than himself and other Nike executives. And, yeah, there probably was something on the back end of of that where, you know, hey, we'll give you, <laughs> we'll give you a nice I bet you anything. I bet you anything yeah, that there was, was some sort of like, you know. There was an incentive. <laughs> You can have this private jet. <laughs> just there, don't there wear that. Just, just drape, drape yourself in patriotism. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, from a legal standpoint, he couldn't – he can't just come out and say that in the documentary like, oh, no, yeah, I did that on purpose because people at Nike – Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no. He obviously can't. He was just—he was doing—he was doing the whole "I'm a company man" thing. Exactly, yeah. and that—that that part of it I sort of respect because he's—he's he's building his own brand. Air Jordan back in the '90s, I mean, it was enormous, but it—it it, even towards the later, it's still—it's still, it's still a, an enormous brand now. Even him being retired, and I just. I mean, also, I don't know. I don't know how much of you you guys remember this, but there was quite a bit of Nike Reebok, like I don't want to say beef, but definitely combating combating each other um, via uh, ads. Like they had Reebok, the Reebok um, pump, and their whole thing was pump up and air out. Yeah, and it was like so. There was there was definitely direct competition there. So you know. Jordan saying to himself, I'm, I'm with the nation of Nike and we're going to war against, against Reebok. Yeah. So one of the, one of the other things that we, that you guys didn't, hadn't really touched on that I wanted to, to kind of bring into the conversation a little bit was the, uh, the, uh, Senator, uh, uh, Grant. Grant. And Gant, right. Yeah. yeah. That was, so, so that with with the whole I wanted to kind of get your guys' ideas because my first impression on that was good for him for not just endorsing somebody that he might not have any political values in common with just right. because he's an African American as well. And it Okay, so you're so you're asking one no, of No, he says in the Well, he says in the documentary that, you know, his mom Michael Jordan's mom, you know, came to him and said, you know, you know, are you are you going to do this commercial or are you going to try to publicly come out and endorse him? And he said, no, because I, I, I don't feel like that's the best decision for me personally, and it's not that I don't want him to win, but I can do my part to help him by contributing to his political campaign, which is what he did. Mm. And I feel like another sort of heady feeling came over, not Michael, but on the reverse foot, a feeling of pettiness just sort of came up with, with uh, 
that uh, there was a writer, he was for the Washington Post, I can't remember his name, McCall or something like that, that he was interviewed at the time and was comparing Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan as far as, you know, Which Muhammad is so Ali. Unfair. He said, no, that's not a good comparison. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. I was like, you, know, you can't, you can't do that. Here's the because thing, dude. Muhammad Ali. You know, you know what the comparison is? And I, I hate to say this, and you guys are going to act like I'm an asshole for saying it. But the first thing I thought was OJ. Okay. OJ did the same exact thing without mm-hmm. without the um, contribution to political campaign because it wasn't a political campaign thing. It was a more of a like a help advance our people as a whole and he stepped back. Now that is to me distilled into this race between Jesse Helms and the gank dude but at least Michael contributed financially, but they didn't seem like there was a thing at the time that OJ could contribute financially to. And I'm, I, please do not act like I'm fucking putting on some shit for like, oh, d- dude, a oh, poor OJ. But, um, but the first, the, like, but the first thing I thought was like, that's kind of similar to how OJ rolled when he was, he was approached about that while he was in college still. Um, but he also shied away from that because he felt that it was possible that he could have a brand that would be damaged by it. And that's what Michael obviously felt as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's... And... Go ahead, Al. Okay. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they touch on his his lack of, of political and social justice involvement comparing him to Muhammad Ali is ridiculous because if you're talking about that sort of involvement, just about everybody is going to fall short um, of Muhammad Ali. Like maybe tier two is like Bill Russell, Jim Brown, but you're not, you're not going to get that. Um, And, you know, taking out of context, the Republicans wear Nike's two thing, which was clearly just kind of like a joking throwaway line, which turned into this whole thing. Mm. I don't feel as if, I don't feel as if the OJ, I see what you're saying with the OJ comparison, but with Michael, it was more about like just not damaging a brand. But with OJ, it was at least it seemed very much in the documentary uh, made in America that was on ESPN that OJ was more so trying to, I don't want to say eliminate his blackness, but dampen it in a way well, to me, and make himself like, seem more to me, racially... like he was, to me he didn't feel like he was smart enough to do that at the time I think that he started to feel once he wins the Heisman once he moves into the pros he starts to be like okay if I can skate racially then I can make actual money I can you know socially interact however I like but they asked him about this shit when he was a junior at USC mm-hmm. I don't think he was that self aware yet yeah. So, I, but Jordan at that time is very self-aware. Yep. But I mean, you can you really can you really blame a guy for not wanting to fuck up his own money? No. You know? like, I don't have any money. I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but I get it. But I mean, like, here's one of the things: is that when we have someone so spectacular and so special, and who we put on such a pedestal, it's like, well, you need to do more now. Uh, not I good mean, enough. 
you're not perfect enough. You haven't, you haven't eliminate the double murder and they're kind of on the same spectrum. Jordan turns out, I'm serious. Jordan turns out to be like a better athlete, better. He's the best of all time. But OJ was like one, a one B at the time before Jordan comes in. Does no one agree with me on this? Uh, So I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of get it. I mean, yeah. OJ was probably one of the most beloved American athletes yes, of all time. Was. Yes, he was. Very much so. Um, but then he killed those two people, and I don't agree but with But then that. he killed those two people. Okay, I don't that agree was with super that. problematic. That's so we all know. Um, I don't agree with the killing of the two people. Okay? No, but he was, he was very much beloved. But again, I, I don't I don't think, I don't think they're necessarily – it's possible the that the thing of a brand was not as evolved at the time when OJ was coming up. Jordan probably had more awareness at the time because it's like he had endorsements behind him already. He had uh, the, you know, the hopes of a city on his shoulders already and like all that pressure already, right? OJ at the time was just a college kid, really, right? He's like, you know what? I'm just a college dude. I just want to play football, blah, blah, blah. And maybe it's just because he was a simpleton. But Jordan was probably a little more evolved mentally to be like, all right, I'm going to actually legitimately protect myself away from whatever he thought was the case at the time. But I mean, but in retros- the- I don't, I don't, I also don't, I don't fault Jordan for doing it, but I certainly fault OJ for doing it. So there's a little bit of like a, I mean, if we're going to agree, they're and again, the I feel thing. like that's, it's, you think it's a false it's, equivalency? No, I mean, obviously they were both trying to protect their brand, but with Jordan, I think it was just, not saying anything offensive, whereas I feel like OJ was trying to put himself into a different cultural class. Fair. All right. I'll come with you on that. Yeah. Also, the quote, there's no... What What did this fucking Jesse Helms guy say when he won? There's no joy in Hoodville tonight? Is that what he said? No. First of all... I I heard that, and I was like, they said that in the 90s? Do you, like, do you want to 1950s, do... I would have believed, but that happened in the fucking 90s. My God. First of all, Fox, yeah, Foxy, you have to unmute yourself. Yeah, he already did. Go ahead, Foxy. It, it was... There's no joy in Mudsville, which is a, a poem that is... Casey at bat. Yeah, but it's right? still so racist that night. It was it was yeah. as racist as it gets. Yep. I, was, I mean, I was we're not, bre- we're not breaking any news. Gaming. We're not breaking any news on this podcast by calling yeah. Jesse Helms a racist. That was like <laughs> that is dude. Just... Him and him and Strom Thurmond were fucking twins, basically. So oh god, I remember that guy. Yeah, well, let's let's forget him. Yeah, let's let's do that. All right, real quick, I'll give everybody I'll give everybody ten seconds. Final point. Foxy, you go first. Uh, I just want to touch on the fact that his, uh, his agent, David Falk, was a startup like solo practitioner and, and went to Jordan's parents in college. Is that the greatest move of, of all time? Is, is that the greatest business move of all time? I'm not, I'm not entirely certain it's not. He's the top five agent on the planet right now. Fair enough. Yeah, I thought that was the greatest thing ever. Sorry. Good, good move by him. Yeah. <laughs> Logan, um, I, I just, I'm really looking forward to to the last four episodes. I really don't like if there was an an infinite an amount of footage and coverage that they could give us about all of all of this this big story. Uh, I I would watch it every single night. But <laughs> if you if you haven't if you haven't started watching this 
please do yourself a favor and do it because it is it is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Fair. Uh, Mr. Mr. Brown. Um, one of the things that I am looking forward to is them finally getting to talk about the beef between Michael Jordan and Gary Payton. Ooh. Um, because G Gary Payton, the glove, um, one of my favorites of all time and shit talking extraordinaire always would discredit Jordan and say that Scottie Pippen was the very best player in the NBA and that Detlef Schrempf was the second best player <laughs> in the NBA, which I am, I am super amused by even to this day. And I, I think that if we saw a certain look on Jordan's face when he was handed a, an iPad and he saw Isaiah Thomas, I cannot mm. fucking wait to see what his reaction is going to be when he sees Gary Payton. Because it's gonna be, it's gonna be so good. I can't wait for it. Fox, are you trying to have back in? What's up? I just think that uh, I'm only packing one suit. needs needs its own episode. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. it, it might be my new favorite insult of all time. It is of the flexes that we discussed. It is uh, another another trash talk moment that was somewhat missed is uh, the Madison Square Garden game where he's wearing the Jordan ones and they're like actually like the 1984 Jordan ones and his feet apparently started bleeding and he's talking to Patrick Ewing after the game. And he just goes, I had to go back to 1984 to whoop that ass, <laughs> which is great. That's just great. Yo, um, I'm all right. So first one thing I'll, I'll say what I'm looking forward to the most. And I got one question, last question for you, Al. Um, and I've, Regardless. It, all right. So okay. I'm looking forward to, because I don't think we've ever seen this, but I'm looking forward to hearing Michael talk about his father's death with some candor, because I don't think we've ever seen that. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. There's no like, no one's got, there's no like 2020 Barbara Walters interview with Michael Jordan. I don't that I'm aware of. think so. Right. And so he, I we're, can't not covering, make it. we're not covering, we're not going through these 10 episodes without some in-depth conversation about it. And I would be shocked if either the first or the second episode last week or next week, uh, a good chunk, half or a whole, were not devoted to it. Um, final question, and it's just for Al Brown. Isaiah Thomas said that he thought that Michael Jordan, and it's obviously, you know, the, he's Prince Petty, but he said that he thought that Jordan was the fourth best player he ever played against, Okay. We know that Jordan says Isaiah's the second best port guard of all time that he ever played against, and the first one's obviously Magic. Mm -hmm. Who could possibly be the three better players that Isaiah is talking about? The only people I can think of, and I can only think of two, Larry and Magic, and that's it. Um, so Who could be the third? Potentially Kareem. Because he was he was playing still for you know however long he was and and ended his career with the Lakers, um, yeah potentially him potentially, you know he could have been talking about Dr. J, um, hmm. potentially Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean that wouldn't have been anybody that he guarded. 
he right. wouldn't have really. That's what I'm saying. Like the, in the league at the time, it's not the same. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's, it just proves the pettiness. That's all. Oh yeah. Oh, that also Dominique. It could have been Neek. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it just extends the beef, right? Like that's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Obviously the point. So. That's fun. Yeah. That's those, stuff, those are, yeah. This is the best thing that could have happened to us without sports. If there wasn't this, we would just be fucking talking shit about Marvel characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Parks and Recreation episodes and characters, like we're going to do serials later this week, by the way. But like, this, oh, is, dude, this is fucking, this I mean, is legit, man. God sucks. Al, you and I still need to do the Simpsons. Oh, yeah. We can do a little Simpsons debate one. That'll happen. We got time, dude. We got plenty of time. Al and I did about about two hours to that. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Al Brown, Matt Fox, Logan Nieder. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll see you again soon, boys. All right. Later. Later. Later.